This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture was read earlier this morning, but I just want to highlight verses 24 and 25. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. I will not believe. Just for a few brief moments this morning, I'm going to speak from the sermon title, Reconsidering Doubting Thomas. Reconsidering Doubting Thomas. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come this morning thanking you for this opportunity. Lord, I let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, you are my rock, my strength, and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Looking at our background, according to Webster's Dictionary, reconsider means to consider something again, especially for a possible change or decision regarding it, to rethink, to give it a second thought. Should I buy this car or should I buy this product? Should I get gain instead of tide? Should I get the name brand I'll go with the less expensive store brand. To think about it, a decision or opinion to decide if you want to change something. That's the definition of reconsidering. Now, a doubting Thomas is a skeptic who refuses to believe without direct personal experience. As Southern people has a tendency to say, I'm from Missouri. Show me. When I was a young boy, and I would go to Sunday school, every week we read about the disciples. And I was highly critical of the disciples. Because I said to myself, these men have been traveling with Jesus for over three years, witnessing the miracles that he performed, healing the sick, the lame, the blind, feeding the multitude, and they still don't know who Jesus is? They're still not convinced? After all the things that he has done, they still really don't know. So I'm thinking to myself, what more could Jesus have done to convince them? What more? Let's put a pen right there for a minute. Our story actually begins in verse 11. Now, Mary Magdalene, who was a woman who traveled with Jesus and was one of his followers, was a witness to his crucifixion and resurrection. She stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, 
seated where Jesus' body had been, one on the head and one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Jesus asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me, tell me where did you put him? and I will go get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have yet to ascend to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples and gave them the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he said these things to her. Now on that same evening, on the first day of the week when the disciples were together, they were inside. The doors were locked. Fear of the Jewish leaders may come and cause harm to them. Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, peace, be still. Then Jesus shows his disciples his hands and his side so that they can see that he is the real flesh and blood, the crucified Jesus, not a ghost, who was before them. Now, why do you think Jesus did this? You see, Jesus knew that Thomas was not the only person who may have had doubt. So just to prove to the disciples that he is Jesus, he said, here, see my hands? This is where the nails were. This is where they pierced me in my side. The disciples responded by rejoicing and seeing the Lord, just as Jesus had told them that he would come back again. Now keep in mind, Thomas was not there at the time. Thomas, who was one of the twins, came a little bit later. So when the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hands in his side, I will never believe. Now, Thomas was one of those people who was closest to Jesus, and he spent three years living with him. He saw the witnesses. He saw the miracles. He's heard the teachings. He saw numerous demonstrations of Jesus' power, including raising the dead. But he still did not believe Jesus was resurrection until he had to see for himself. So eight days later, the disciples again were inside a room. This time, Thomas with 
was with them. And although the doors were locked again, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Peace be with you. Now at the time, there were ten disciples when Jesus first came. Now in the beginning, I said there were twelve. Now we get to ten. So if Thomas wasn't there, then 12 minus 1 is 11. But we have to remember that Judas is a carrier that took his own life. So instead of 11, there were 10. Thomas, who had doubted him, Jesus said, come here. Come here. Have you ever had doubt? If we are faithless, does that make us hopeless? Think about that. Thomas, after seeing all what Jesus has done, doubted the resurrection. Have we doubted that Jesus is real? So Jesus calls out to Thomas specifically. And his calling was not a rebuke, but rather it's a blessing for those who didn't believe. Who will come? Who will come believing, knowing that our Savior has risen? Now let us consider doubting Thomas. If you have not had an encounter with Jesus for yourself, would you be like Thomas? If Jesus has not answered your prayer, did not give you the answer that you wanted, uh, what you were expecting, if you don't have a testimony about the goodness of the Lord, would you have doubt? See, you have to know Jesus for yourself. You have to know Jesus for yourself. And if we are honest with ourselves, some of us still have doubt that Jesus can do anything but fail. But I dare to say, I don't think that it's doubt. I think sometimes we become impatient. Because, see, God's time is not our time. We pray and we want God to answer our prayer just like that. And sometimes he does. But the answer may be no or not right now. He will give you an answer. But in his old time. So we aren't really doubting. We're just impatient. We can't wait. Lord, I need it now. I've been waiting on that new job. I've been waiting on that new man and new woman I've been praying for. I've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on that, Lord. Where are you? Just like Thomas, we need to see for ourselves sometimes. I don't care how much preaching you hear, until you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you will have doubt. Reverend Nephi and I can tell you about Jesus all day long, but you need to know him for yourself. 
Has he made a way out of no way? Has he picked you up when you were down? Has he healed your broken body? Has he delivered you from a bad habit, a bad attitude, a trouble in your life? Has he done anything for you that you can tell the world that for God I live and for God I will die? Thomas, Thomas has known of Jesus, but he didn't know him for himself. You can't live on mama's faith. You can't live on daddy's faith. You can't live on grandma's faith. You can't live on uncle's faith or auntie's faith. You yourself must know that you know that you know that you know that you know for yourself that Jesus is real, that Jesus is a healer, that Jesus is a deliverer, that Jesus can do anything. He can move mountains out of your way. If you only believe, if you have that mustard seed faith, all things, not some things, not most things, but all things are possible only if you believe. The late, great Dr. D. Allen Turk, who was the uh, former director of evangelism for the First Episcopal District, told a story one time. He said to his friend, if I tie a rope from this end of the building to that end of the building, do you believe I can push a wheelbarrow across to the other side? His friend said, yeah, I believe you can do that. So he said to his friend, if you have faith, get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> One of the greatest stories I ever heard. <laughs> and, and I thought about it. If you have faith, get in the wheelbarrow. Now, how many of us would be willing to get into that wheelbarrow? Just saying. Three, three quick points. Three quick points. First, Jesus knows what you don't know. Jesus knew that Thomas was not going to believe the disciples. That is why he came back a second time, specifically for Thomas. Jesus knows you may have doubt, and that's okay, because when he comes to you, he will prove without a shadow of a doubt that he is real. It is important to read and study his word to get acquainted with him so that you can know him for yourself. That's very important. God wants each one of us to have a special relationship with him. Second, Thomas was just not anybody. He was a disciple, an apostle, a Christian. Christians are not just anybody. A Christian is someone who professes and believes in the teachings of Jesus, simply a follower of Jesus. Jesus said that his true followers are those who have been born again by the Spirit of God. Thomas became a true believer and follower of Jesus after Jesus showed him that he was Jesus. Now, do we have to wait that long before we really believe in the goodness of God? We just sang it, the goodness of God. What else more do we need? God has blessed us with a beautiful day. He has blessed us 
with blessings in our lives. He's given us stuff, and yet we still don't appreciate it. We take his goodness for granted. God is a good God all the time, all the time. How much more do we need to see to believe that Jesus is real? Finally, all it takes is a little bit of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We don't always need proof. We realize that all things are possible with God, for God is still on the throne, and he is still in control. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Place your request before him and trust him. Trust him, for we serve an on-time God. We serve an omnipotent God. We serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God, a God who always stands on his promises, a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, oh, I know, I know, because one day, one day I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me. Now safe I am. I can say love, love, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. When my family wasn't there, love lifted me. When my friends wasn't there, love lifted me. When they turned their backs on me, love lifted me. When the church people wasn't there, love lifted me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus came to my rescue one day. That's why I can say, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. Church, do you know this man called Jesus? Do you know the man from Galilee? They hung him high on a cross. They stretched him wide. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Even he had doubt. He had doubt when he was on that cross. Because he cried out, Eli, Eli, lava shambatani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he hung his head after he said, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. And he died. But thank God, that's not how the story ends. That's not how it ends, Eve. Because three days later, he got up. He got up. He got up with power, with power in his hands. Oh, he conquered death. Death thought he could keep him down in the grave. Death couldn't hold him down. What a mighty God that we serve. That's why we can say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, on Christ, on Christ, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is just sinking sand. On Christ, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. He is the one. He is the only. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him.
on Christ. None of them. None of them. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground, the sinking sand. Do you believe? Where's your faith? Are you a doubting Thomas? Are you a doubting Thomas? Or do you believe that our Christ is risen? And he's coming back one day. He's coming back for his people. He's coming back. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready.